everybody, this is Patty Corkery. Thanks for checking out our Credit Union Coffee and Conversation podcast. I'm really excited because today we had our first podcast interview, and I'm super excited to tell you it was with Christian Financial Credit Union CEO Patty Campbell. A lot of you out there in our Michigan Credit Union community know Patty Campbell, um, but I bet that there's going to be at least five things that you learn about her during this conversation. So with this new Uh, podcast. Our goal is really to sit down with credit union employees and volunteers around our state and have just what the name implies, a casual conversation, really getting to know them, their background, um, how they came into the industry, as well as getting some advice, some guidance from them that we hope benefits others that um, tune in and check us out. So today we met with Patty Campbell at her beautiful new administration office in Sterling Heights at the corner of Van Dyke and 15 Mile. It's a gorgeous building that opened in September of 2019. So we were excited to come out in person and sit down with Patty. So Christian Financial Credit Union has 12 branches and they're almost 800 million in assets. And as you hear from Patty Campbell, she's been with the credit union for 26 years. So please enjoy my casual, fun, interesting, I hope you agree, and really educational conversation with Christian Financial's Patty Campbell. Well, thank you, Patty Campbell, for being here today. It's great to see you in person. It is so good to see you, too. It's nice. Everybody's out and about. It's a great sunny day today. So know, it's beautiful. Well, thanks for agreeing to be our inaugural guest on our new podcast that we have, um, Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. Um, I thought it's just a great opportunity to just sit down with different credit union leaders um, or credit union people around the state to give others an opportunity to really get to know people, you know, get to know their story, get to know um, how they kind of came into the industry, what's important to them, what's important to their credit union. And I mean, there's so many things we can sit and talk about. But um, so I'm excited to be here and meet with you. And I think first, Patty, where I'd like to start is just tell us your story. Tell us the story of Patty Campbell. All right. Well, I'm not sure how interesting it is, but I'll start. Um, I grew up on the east side of Detroit, so I spent all of my years here in Michigan, and although that may make me boring, I think I really enjoy this state, so I don't see myself living somewhere else. Um, I got my early start, um, went to public school, and then I'm a Wayne State grad, so um, I always knew that I wanted to be a doctor, and so here I am, (laughs) getting CEO. Uh, the, the doctor thing just didn't work out. I got my first B in college in uh, chemistry and said, I'm probably not smart enough to be a doctor. So found my way um, into public policy, thought I was going to go into public policy, and here I am, could even see you. So I guess maybe that's why I get to do some of the things I do and work with lawmakers, but uh, quickly I then found my way to be an accountant. And accounting kind of leads to that. You pick a profession or a stream that you're going to go down and I picked financial services, and I audited banks for six years. I worked with KPMG um, and audited SNLs, closed a lot of SNLs with the regulators, and then I found my, somehow my way to a credit union. It wasn't even a client. I didn't know what credit unions were at all, and I was leaving the firm. I was pregnant with my second child and decided that was not going to be the life for me. And um, one of our clients, we had two clients that were credit unions, and one is the credit union I'm at today, Christian Financial, was named Surf back then, and they needed a temporary CFO. 
So I said, I'll go there, help them do a merger and leave. And 26 years later, here's where I'm at. And um, although I think it would have been interesting to be a doctor, I think that the role I get to play today in helping people is very similar to what doctors do. It's just a different type of helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you would have been great at saving lives, and now you're um, saving and helping people with their financial lives, which is, you know, like you said, super important. So 26 years you've been with the credit union. Wow, that's so fabulous. And I think so many people have that story, right, of just kind of falling into credit unions and never leaving. (laughs) Once you're here. Once you're here. Well, that's phenomenal. And um, we are, although this is a recording, we are sitting here in person at your beautiful, I don't know if we can call it new headquarters anymore, but it's just amazing here at 15 in Van Dyke what a beautiful building you have. Yeah, it was truly a vision to create something new for our team. So uh, September 2019, we opened. We've been out of it for seven or eight months now, so it still feels kind of new. We've been fully back for two weeks now. It's nice to have everybody in, but we modeled this new environment um, after a lot of readings and teachings regarding what makes people feel good about when they come to work, what energizes them, and what makes for collaborative teams. So we have a pretty unique design here in that everybody has their own space, a quiet space that they work, large cubicles or offices, but we have numerous collaboration spots um, with different environments. So we have an indoor park, we have an indoor alley, we have an indoor coffee shop, um, and it's hopefully outdoor balconies that people can work on, an outside walking track. And we think that when people can come in and choose their environment each day, they're going to have a much better opportunity for success, and hopefully they stay part of, you know, the credit union movement, and more importantly, part of Christian Financial. Yeah, well, it's absolutely beautiful. I love coming here each time, and um, like you said, there's so many different unique places to work in here, so even if you're coming to work, it kind of feels like you have a different environment every day, depending on where you decide to hang out. There's a lot of casual meeting rooms or sitting areas, indoor or outdoor, so it's, it's really a great place for your team, and I'm sure they're super thrilled to come here <laughs> to work. I know I would be. <laughs> I yeah. think they are. I hope they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with COVID and everything we've come through with the pandemic, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, how did Christian Financial do during that time? Now as we're kind of coming out of it, um, how are things going here at the credit unit with everything that's gone on over the last year? Yeah, so I think what's kind of unique, something I didn't think would happen through COVID, is I think our team actually got closer. Because um, you couldn't physically be closed because everybody was home from the main office. Um, But we started using technologies that we had never used before. We just dabbled in. Um, We launched Microsoft Teams and video conferences, you know, were the norm four, five, six times a day. Departments went into group chats where before you could have somebody maybe just sitting at their desk and not even talking to a person two desks over. Constantly people were having the opportunity to connect with people. Um, lots of lots of um, emails, you know, flowing back and forth that just moved right out of that where people don't read them into Teams messages. So I think the team got a lot stronger. I think we rallied around what it really means to serve members, right? So our our teams had problems, right? They didn't have childcare. Maybe they had a spouse that was out of work, so they could feel the same pains that our members were feeling. And we started to develop products with really focusing on the member. Where before, you know, we're looking at what's happening in the financial services world and trying to mimic products that are out there. And this really became member-centric focus. So I think it really made us a stronger organization, a stronger organization. 
That's awesome. Just you can tell what a great leader you are when you ask about the challenges and you just focus kind of on the positives that came out of COVID. And I think for as many negatives of things that happened and hardships and struggles that, you know, we all went through either personally or at the office um, to focus on the things that Christian Financial learned and coming together as a team, that that's a great story. So as you're sitting here now, what are some of the challenges that you think, whether it's facing Christian financial or just credit unions in general, what are some of the challenges that you're hearing about in the industry that credit unions are dealing with now? Yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of us were still focused on that branch experience. As much as we have, you know, a long time ago launched um, all of the digital solutions, um, they were just one of the offerings. So we know people came into our branches, but they used us in a digital way. Um, that that's kind of gone away. The use of branches has dropped greater than 40%. And I suspect that trajectory downward will continue. And it is, it's accelerated our game. We really had to focus on our digital solutions, making them more convenient for individuals, um, not just thinking of digital as online banking and mobile. It's those video chats that you have with your member, closing those loans still with that person face-to-face, but not in the same spot, maybe over a video channel. So I think the challenge we have is um, the fintechs gained a lot of ground during that last 14 months, right? They were there in the market with solutions, and um, people from, you know, age 20 to age 32 are really, really comfortable never walking into a traditional financial institution again. And so to get them and to bring them back inside of credit unions, community banks, is going to be really, really difficult if we can't match or surpass the solutions that they bring to the market. So that's that's our focus, and I think that's the focus of a lot of credit unions. Yeah, for sure. And how has that changed kind of your focus or your thought process going forward about an actual footprint, an actual physical branch? Has, has this changed your strategy or what you're looking to do in the yeah. future? Yeah, we closed two branches during this on um, I don't know that we'll close additional branches, but unless there was a a merger, I don't see us opening another branch. I joke sometimes, um, I joke that while the branch has almost become a billboard, you know, a place that people drive by, but you do need that presence because all the studies will tell you that people want to see brick and mortar because they think the financial institution is just a little bit stronger if they can see that, especially when they have an issue, even though they may not come inside the branch, they want to know there's a place that they could drive to. So we're just trying to transform today um, what the branch actually delivers. So we've launched just recently on our website, um, Microsoft Bookings, to do virtual appointments. And you're not doing them just with our, our virtual loan officers. You're doing them with the loan officers that you've seen or maybe have worked with in our branches over the years, and you can launch a, you know, a meeting with any of those loan officers that you feel comfortable with. And we're trying to look at the things that we do in the branches today and how can we bring those things online? How can we make it easier and then let our members know it's easier? Hey, you don't need to come in and do this. You know, if you want to instant issue your debit card, you can just call us and we'll overnight it to you. You don't have to come in and get a new debit card. So we're tracking the transactions. We do not the count of them, but what we're actually doing for people and seeing how we can make it easier. So I think branches for us um, will evolve into a new place, um, and we probably won't do an expansion of them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what I'm hearing from a lot of credit unions as well, is they're 
you know, rethinking things. I mean, that's what happens with such a big event in, in really retooling. And I think, you know, you're spot on from what I hear from other credit unions on the, the digital space. Um, what can credit unions do to compete? And it, it, it's a daunting thought when you're looking at, you know, fintechs or these large, you know, ginormous banks. Um, how, how do we compete with that, you know? And, and I think you're right, really tapping into the ease of what your members are looking for and, and what they value. Um, that's great. Um, you talk, you, I think you mentioned mergers, I guess, kind of moving on to the discussion of mergers. I mean, as you've been in the industry now for 26 years, you've seen the massive consolidation mm-hmm. of credit unions in our state and around the country. I think at latest count, we're at 211 credit unions here in Michigan. And What, what, what are your thoughts on, on mergers in terms of, you know, what they mean for our industry going forward? Yeah, so, you know, I remember when I started back, we were nearly in Michigan, nearly 600 credit unions. And I wrote, looked back at some of those original strategic plans that I wrote in the early 19, or late 1990s. And I remember always being really consumed by the number of mergers that were happening. But I think what makes me most nervous about mergers in our industry and inside the community bank um, industry is where do you build passion? And I probably love credit unions so much because I came into a $40 million credit union. And I got to see everything over a few years. So I got to see finance and lending and all of those different silos, and I got to see how it all worked together. But when you start to get larger, like today we're 800 million, when you start to get to 400 million, 500 million, and you know, a billion and five billion, you need those types of organizations because you need the economies of scale to compete with you know, the solutions that are being brought to the market by fintechs. But I'm not sure that you can build the same level of knowledge and passion in young leaders because they're seeing just a small part of the organization. So I think that we'll continue to see mergers. Um, The 211 is going to be 209 here probably in the next month. Um, I worked with a couple credit unions to help close them, and so we'll be filing for their final dissolution here. And, you know, probably by the end of the year, we'll be less than 200 credit unions possibly in the state of Michigan. the nice part about it is is the number of credit unions are getting smaller, but the number of members that we serve is getting larger. So the things that we do are resonating with people. We're still very, very important. Um, I just worry about the growth of future leaders when you walk into such large organizations and only get to see a part. Yeah. And I don't know that they get to feel as attached or as much exposure as I did. So I think that's the biggest challenge for us as leaders today is – to identify those individuals that come in outside of our organization and give them that opportunity to move quickly through various levels of the organization, um, various departments, so they, they learn that. And then send them out to things like Celine's I3 and send them out to the foundation's development educators, you know, so they get to really develop that passion that we were able to do so many years ago. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I talked to a lot of credit union CEOs that started on the front line, you know, that really rose up through their credit union. It's not uncommon. But I see what you're saying. If it's a large organization, they're kind of being siloed in their department or at their level. And I can see how that would be, you know, a concern um, to develop that passion that so many people, you know, have. Um, but that, those are great suggestions. I think we're get, getting such an awesome young professional, 
you know, mo- you know, grouping in our state as far as the fuel group and hype 906 up in the UP and just a lot of um, young professionals coming together and um, it's really great to see. But I agree, getting them to see the various components of credit unions is, is going to be important. So with everything that you've had to juggle, your new building, especially coming out of COVID, how do you find time, Patty, to be strategic? Yeah, so that's that's kind of leads to the new model that we're adopting as a credit union. So I would say in the past, it's uh, winter weekends, right? So you bury yourself, you know, for all those that's we're blessed in Michigan to have a number of weekends if you don't have winter sports where you're kind of, you know, in your house and you spend a lot of time reflecting and reading and thinking during those times. Um, but other ways that I've done it too is like, the, you know, do a Feline immersion. So anytime you get a chance to go to a Feline conference, um, you just look for webinars. You try to identify one or two webinars a week that make you stay connected to something um, or to learn about something new. Um, but you really have to focus on building strategic time for yourself um, and then bringing that to the rest of your organization, especially your leadership team, and, and giving them that opportunity. So that leads into um, what we're doing here now at the credit union. We've adopted a hybrid model. So we didn't, unlike um, some organizations, we did not survey our employees whether they felt comfortable or wanted to come back into the office because we knew if somebody wasn't comfortable, they would tell us, and we would certainly respect that. We told people we're going to come back in hybrid. We think it's really important that for, to be strategic, we need to be collaborative, and then ideas build off of other people's ideas. So we're going to be home on Mondays and pretty soon here Fridays, and that's the time that you get to do a lot of your your own work and focus on the initiatives that you need to work on. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when we're going to do those collaboration meetings. And um, we think that's going to allow us to be much more strategic because people will know that they have time that's isolated for themselves to do what they need and want to do. Um, And then they'll want to enjoy that time together because I think strategy is really about um, what you as an organization can do together, the number of people. One person can't write the plan or have the whole vision for an organization. That comes from many, so I think that's going to be focused on collaboration. So it's a switch in how I probably used to do it. I probably just used to hang out in my house in the winter and do a lot of thinking and write some plans, but that's going away. Yeah, that's great. And um, just hearing you, Patty, I mean, I know for me personally, getting to know you over the years and just learning um, all the different engagement points that you have in the industry, not just in Michigan, but nationally, and all of the time and commitment that you volunteer on your own um, to get to know people in the industry. And it's just been a great example for me to see how those connections can really make us better, um, whether it be more strategic, but also really developing and pushing forward that passion for the industry. So what have you seen, how have you seen women evolving in our industry, whether it be at the C-suite level or at boards? You know, what sort of changes have you observed with women kind of coming out on top? Yeah, so that is, that's really interesting. You know, I think I didn't really pay attention to it in the early days. I came out of public accounting and um, public accounting, especially the big A back then, was very, you know, male-dominated, especially partners, and I think that wasn't, you know, um, was mostly driven by the fact that the number of hours that you needed to put into the job um, was intense, and I think that maybe back then women wanted to balance more. They wanted to balance being a mom and, and being able to have a career, and that was difficult back then, but 
moving into credit unions, I kind of found the same thing. I joined this credit union. There was two gentlemen that worked here, and they were the number one and the number two, and everybody else was a woman. And, and so I didn't really think much of it. But over the last, I'd say, even 15 years, we've started to see a real switch, and I think that's great. I think it's not unique to credit unions. I think we're seeing this in all types of industries. I mean, here we are in Metro Detroit, right, and the leader of the largest um, auto company here in, in Michigan and in Detroit in the U.S., um, she's a woman, mm -hmm. and that's that's super cool. And if you look at her resume, she started in what people would have called a man's job, right? So she she started in doing what traditionally a lot of you know men were engineers, and she was an engineer, and um, she didn't work her way up um, outside of a silo where people said only traditional women come up. So there's certain parts of our industries or certain parts of um, development where women come through. She worked her way up to the top. But in credit unions, I think it's been explosive. I mean, Peggy, look at you. You're the you're now the new CEO of the Michigan Credit Union League, um, arguably probably the most successful league in um, you know with Cornerstone and the California League. Uh, these are people who are leading large amounts of credit unions who are serving big populations of members throughout the country. You see some of the larger credit unions are now run by women, and they're, you're getting a better balance. And I think that, you know, when I look at men versus women and I look at other levels of diversity, it's very important. I think the fabric gets stronger when you have more perspectives. Yeah. And I think just naturally um, you have different perspectives you know, based on someone's gender or maybe their upbringing or um, where they where they sat inside of their family or what level of education. So I'm really encouraged by the fact that we have a lot more diversity. I think we have ways to go still. Yeah, yeah. We have more, more diversity to bring into our industry, but um, I hope what we've seen at the CEO level, we continue to see on boards. Yeah. We still see a lot of boards that are very male-focused, um, and that's just... We're just going to evolve from there, but yeah, I've seen a lot happen, and I think it's really good. Yeah, it's exciting, and, and I agree, and I think it's great to hear the commitment that credit unions have in our state, especially on the diversity component. Um, minority representation at credit unions is something that we need to continue to work on, and it's, you know, really, um, I'm really happy to see the commitment that our credit unions have in that space as well, really digging into DEI issues and, and how can we support our teams and also, you know, change the color and look of our teams, you know, going forward. For your exact point, you know, our membership is a wide variety of members and how are we meeting each of their needs, and sometimes they're unique, you know, um, or a lot of times they're unique. So that's great. So what about, I know um, Christian Financial and you personally do a lot to help support our smaller asset size credit unions. And, and we have a lot of those in Michigan. Yeah. I don't think people realize, you know, so many of our credit unions here in Michigan are under under $100 million in assets. Um, so what sort of struggles or that do you see that are unique to them and, and ways that they could kind of use our support? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, so I think the biggest struggle, just working with these two credit unions that um, I had the privilege to work with, amazing people who were really focused on their members and what they did, I think the biggest struggle is going to find, to find talent to work inside those organizations. If you don't have scale, you don't have the money to pay somebody to really focus on what you need to be doing. So we can talk about all the different things that are you know tough about running our businesses, right? We have regulations and we, we need scale to get margin. 
But all of that aside, if you can't attract somebody to work inside of that organization, um, you know, it's, it's difficult. People need money to live. So to get somebody to volunteer and, and put in the hours they need to do, I just don't think, you know, that was something you could do years ago when you didn't have regulations and all the rules that we have. But I think finding talent is going to be the most difficult thing, most difficult thing that you have to do. I think you can do a lot of those back office things for them. You can consolidate their reporting systems and their coordinator processing systems, but it's still going to, you're going to have to find talent. So, you know, maybe if you were able to take two or three different credit unions and have one manager for all three of those credit unions, you could still keep that promise to that local um, organization that they're serving. But I think talent's going to be super hard to get people inside there. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It might be a good idea for, you know, we talked earlier about passion and how you get to show somebody the whole side. Maybe what an idea could be is, you know, larger credit unions could sponsor internships to run smaller credit unions. So if you saw someone who was really talented inside of your organization and you wanted to give them the opportunity to be the CEO of a larger credit union one day, giving them the chance to go run, do an internship for a year and go run one of the smaller credit units to keep it going. You may have a lot of turnover in management, but you may be able to keep some of the smaller credit unions alive. Yeah, I think you're spot on with trying to be creative of ways to serve them because in so many, you know, they have a big purpose. You know, our smaller asset credit unions, they have communities to serve and um, I know that some of them are concerned when large credit unions approach them that it's really just for the merger, but yeah. it, I, I've heard from a lot of our large asset size credit unions that, you know, they're supportive of small mm-hmm. credit unions, and it's not, I want to gobble you up, it's, you know, yeah, sure, sometimes they want to talk merger, yeah. but I think there's really a genuine interest that credit units have to just help support them. Yeah. So I think we got to come cut through that dynamic that might scare off a smaller asset credit unit and really just show them that, you know, to your point, that it's really just about helping you grow yeah. and, and stay relevant and for your members. So thanks for that. Um, we touched on this a little bit um, with what Christian Financial does kind of in the young professional space, but what advice would you give? I mean, having been in the industry for 26 years, um, having such, a, you know, overseeing such a great credit union, um, what advice would you give to a young professional coming up in our industry? Yeah, I would tell them raise their hand. So constantly raise your hand. Um, you know, often young individuals will come inside my office and say, you know, how can I move to the next level? And I always tell them, I never asked how I can move to the next level. I just jumped to the next level and I looked around to see if it was okay. So I think the, the, the most important thing to do is raise your hand and just keep moving forward. And if you move too fast, somebody's going to tell you. But generally, you know, we're all super busy. Everybody in this um, business is super busy. And when you see people who step forward and just take the initiative and start doing something and learning something different and bringing new ideas to you, it's just a natural evolution. They move quickly right up into your management team. So raise your hand and take the step. Yeah, and I think that, and you live by that, Patty, because just seeing you out and about at different events, every time I've seen you, you have a younger employee with you you know you you take them under your wing and you bring them to conferences you bring them to events you get them involved and I think that's such a great example of mentoring and really coaching you know sometimes people come to the annual convention and they just bring the top level management and they're not bringing in the younger people to really get a taste of the industry so 
Um, I think it's great what's been happening in Michigan with supporting young professionals, and I'm sure some of them will be listening to this and be glad to hear your <laughs> advice. Um, so I want to, as we're as we're winding down here, I wanted to make sure to ask you five questions that I plan to ask all of the guests on our podcast. Another fun way to kind of get to know you. Um, so, what is on your nightstand at home? Um, my nightstand at home. Probably five half-empty bottles of core water. <laughs> Truth be known, every night I go to bed with water, and you're supposed to wake up and drink water, and it's not my favorite thing to do, so I try to drink a whole bunch of water before I go to bed. So um, that's there. There's probably a little bit of dust. And uh, um, the book that I'm actually kind of looking at right now is by Adam Grant. He's an organizational psychologist, and I followed his podcast. I find this really interesting. He's uh, U of M, is his master's MBA is from U of M. And, um, go Blue. Go Blue. And uh, he, uh, he's, his book now is Think Again. And it talks about just, you know, it's always, we always say, like, lifelong learning is important. And what I think people forget is sometimes you have to relearn. So it's not like you're accumulating all your learning. Sometimes you have to go back and rethink something you learned before um, because it may be different or you might have just, not learned it correctly just to begin with. So he talks about relearning in your relationships, relearning in your work life, and um, I think that's really important. You can't just think that you're stacking books on a shelf and you're gaining all that knowledge. Sometimes you have to take some of those old books out. You have to just throw them away because the world changed. So that's that's up in next stand yeah, with nice. the water bottles. And no wonder you have a little dust. You're a busy woman. Yeah, you're yeah. a busy woman. Um, so what is something that people get wrong about you? Mm, that I'm confident. Um, a lot of people are like, I want to be just like you. You're so confident. You And I, I would tell them I'm not. I'm not confident at all. So what happened is I realized that and even today when I go to walk into a room, I'm instantly just like nervous. And so um, what I do is I make intern that whole conversation around the person. So if anybody, and a lot of people have caught on to this now, especially people who have spent a lot of time with me, but we'll leave a room. And I'll know everything about you, and you probably won't know anything about me, because I found the way that I kind of um, get through that is I just ask you a lot of questions about you. And what I found is that people are really interesting, and I really want to know their story, because everybody's got something. I told you I'm from Michigan. I haven't even moved more than 20 miles in my whole life. So um, people think that I just have this, you know, this level of confidence that is clearly not there. Every day when I get up, the first thing I do is I put on my confidence suit and then I put on my clothes because I know each day is going to be a challenge for me. Any new person I meet is going to be, is going to start with a little pit in my stomach and, and I just got to make a connection with them. And um, I think that's how I've built a lot of relationships. It's just having a real genuine interest in other people. Yeah. Well, you fooled us all because I would never have guessed. There's, that there's no you. confidence there. Zero. <laughs> well, Zero. He must be a very good suit. He must have spent a lot of money on that I, confidence. I did. <laughs> um, so, if you could have coffee with anyone, Patty, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh! So I I got asked this question. I was uh, in a Zoom meeting over the winter, and I didn't know people really well, and I just stopped and I paused, and I was like, Oh my gosh! And so. I said, and I thought, well, first, God, right? Like, if you could ask anybody, like, why are we all here? What's this all about? You know, maybe some people have figured it out. You think working at Christian Financial, lifelong Catholic, I, I would know why we're all here. <laughs> I don't really know, right? I'm just moving along like everybody else is, or the masses. 
Um, God, you know, what's this all about? Why are we here? I, I hope that there's a day, I believe there's a day when we're going to get there, we're going to figure out why this all happened. Um, so definitely God. Second, Jamie Dimon. Like, I just want to, I think he's the smartest man. Everybody knows my infatuation with the, the work that Jamie Dimon has done in our financial services industry and um, the great admiration. I would just love, you know, 30 minutes with him. Like, what was it like going through the 2008-2009 crisis? I know I was crying at my desk. Were you crying ever? <laughs> you know, what was that like for you? So I'd say God and Jamie Dimon, it, in Jamie, you're a little bit below God. So, but <laughs> wow. I just put that out there. Like, God's definitely number one, but you're, you're my assistant, too. <laughs> Everybody else is, like, not even in the room. <laughs> that's great um so tell us a bucket list travel destination for you yeah montana yeah i want to go hang out in montana so i got really addicted uh to the show yellowstone i don't know if anybody's watching it. Watched it but i've heard good things so good so i had the chance to go uh, to a Feline board meeting in montana um last year we were quick fly in and fly out with tracy kenyon and she's just amazing what she does with the Montana League, and what a beautiful state, and beautiful, beautiful people. Um, just, you know, I think the people in Michigan and the Midwest are wonderful, but I think the people in Montana just have a real genuine um, love for, you know, our country, love for nature, and um, I would just love to go to Montana for a month and just hang out in Montana. I don't know exactly what I'd do. Maybe I'd fish. I don't really fish, but I would find something to do. So Montana, that's on my bucket list yeah. now. Yeah. That's awesome. I've never been, but I've heard it's Maybe just Maybe we will go together. All right, good. Yeah, yeah let's not fish, but yeah. do a little hiking or yeah. something. Yeah, we can hike. Exactly. <laughs> we can hike. Get some bear spray. <laughs> find some stores. Uh, exactly. Yeah, bear spray. Isn't it more of a bell or something? I don't know. I don't anyway. know. We need, I think, I think I if you need to spray, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're probably in big yeah. <laughs> Oh God! All righty, that's a whole other topic. Um, so, what is one trader quality that every leader should strive for? Yeah, I think the trait is like focus on others to build others up, right? So, I think the minute you feel comfortable not taking credit for something, you become a leader, right? You never, as a leader, you you want to help create a sense of um, you're the safety net. This is what I, I try to do. I try to make it that I'm the safety net. I never try to be the person who's drawing the arrow to where exactly we're going um, because I think that that doesn't make people feel like they're included and I don't think they think their thoughts are as important as other people in the room. So I would say building people up is the most important thing you can do as a leader because if you can help somebody else grow and, and feel good about themselves, you're a true leader. Just be a safety net for people. When things go bad, take all the blame. Tell them it's going to be okay. Tell them, you know, I would have done it exactly like you did. Even if you wouldn't have done it exactly like that, you have to make them feel comfortable in the decisions they make as they grow. So I'd say uh, build people up is the most important thing as a leader. Now, I know there's a lot of people think differently. A lot of people think the leader, and not that this is wrong, but a lot of people think the leader has to set the vision and people need to follow the leader into the woods or wherever they're going. I've found that our success has been built um, by building leaders inside the organization. The way you do that, I think, is to support people, be that step they step on, not the thing they're reaching for. I never want any of them, just the people I work with, to aspire to be me. I want them to aspire beyond me. So, 
Well, I think that answer, if anyone wondered why I wanted you as my first guest, I think it's obvious after that Aww. answer, Patty, how awesome you are in our industry and how lucky we are to have you here in Michigan. So thank you so much for agreeing to be our guest on our podcast, and I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks. It was great. Thanks again so much, Patty. Uh, that conversation was great. Um, I'm so glad that I asked you to be my first guest because you're really just such a wonderful example to our credit union community of how not only amazing this industry is, but what a great example um, you are as a leader. And thanks so much for your insights um, for our young professionals out there. Also, over your 26 years, how you've seen women uh, evolve in our industry, as well as sharing with us what Christian Financial is doing with culture and remote work and letting employees have that amazing balance um, in their work and lives. So um, hopefully you all enjoyed that discussion and took out a few nuggets that might help you in your professional journey or at your credit union and hopefully both. So thank you again so much for listening to our first episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. So along with this podcast, if you can hit the subscribe button that you see there, you'll be sure to get alerted to our next episode. Also, if there's an option to rate the podcast, please do so because that would really help us out. Please also check out the show notes because if there's any links to any content that was referenced during our discussion with Patty, we'll throw a link down there if you're interested in finding it or learning more. So thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.